السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ ڈفرنٹ پیپل اپروچ دس ورلڈ over the years, uh, you've all realized that consciousness is a sliding scale. And it's like chutes and ladders. You can go up and you can fall down and go up and fall down. So just because you're at a lower state doesn't mean you can't, you can, you can't be at a higher state. And just because you're at a higher state doesn't mean You can't slip and go to a lower state. Well, we, all of us, have all of these states within us. And this is hard sometimes uh, to recognize, especially when we see things in other people that are incredibly noxious. We say, How could that be in me? Well, it can be. The difference is that the ones who don't have these noxious states have been able to suppress them so that they no longer influence them and they no longer erupt out of them in difficult moments. So the difference, by the grace of God, between those of us who are less noxious and those of us who are more noxious is the ability to suppress those qualities which are abhorrent uh, to truth. Now, different people, as they walk through this world, sense this world in different ways. The world is more difficult for some than for others. There's the expression, he takes everything to heart, which means his empathy or his or hers uh, feel for the things that go around them is very powerful. And if things seem sad, they become sad. Uh, and it's something that happens quickly and without notice. So they walk around a lot of times in despair because they see so much despair around them. Not everyone is touched by despair. Some people are able to shrug it off like a duck shrugs off water. Some people can't. But the truth is that we are all within this world where despair does exist. And we are all within difficulty and going through difficult things. And we all have a need to be able to handle these difficult things and pull ourselves out of the difficult situations that we all find ourselves in from time to time. For some people, 
the difficulty of just being alive brings upon great despair. Because they see uh, the end result of this existence, and it frightens them. So people have fears, people have doubts, and the constant question that is on everyone's lip and on everyone's mind and in everyone's heart is how do I get relief from all of the trials and tribulations that are in the world? The mystics try to answer this question. And they try to explain what it is that one has to do in order to overcome these difficulties. And what it takes is it takes effort on the part of people to do this. First, it takes an understanding of what's going on, and then it takes effort. And how does this effort have to be applied? Well, in normative progression through the world, we have our happinesses and our sadnesses. Uh, we have our praise and our blame. We have joy and we have sorrow. We have things that exalt us and things that deflate us. We have things that make us rise and things that make us fall. And we're very attuned to all of these things. And we're very attuned to the effect that they have on our psyche and on our being. And we've gone through life being used to these kinds of things happening. And we've accepted that they happen to us. Well, we don't have to accept that. We have to realize that there is an alternative method of living our life. Now, it's not going to be easy. And it's not simple. And it's not straightforward. But it's there. Now, the question that faces people is, are they willing to put forth the effort that it takes to understand this other way of being? And are they willing to do what it takes to maintain this other way of being? I was uh, speaking to somebody yesterday who was talking about um, having read some of Baal Mohayadeen's books. And they were, they were a relative of someone who's been involved with uh, Baal Mohayadeen for years. And they said to me, he read a few pages, and then he understood that things were going to have to change, and he didn't want to change his life. So he just put the book down. And this is what happens to most people. It's like the gambler. When he goes to the casino, he loses nine out of ten times. But when he's away from the casino, he remembers the one time he wins, and somehow he's drawn back into the casino and loses again. And in our life, when we're at a state of stasis, where we're not being affected at that moment, 
we think that we can move forward in this life the way that we've been doing it, and we will somehow find a way to control it. And the reality is that you can't control the happenstance of Maya. You can't control the way illusion is going to interact with you and the effect that it will have on you as long as you believe in the world. So, if we depend on the world for our sustenance, if we believe in what the world gives us, if we believe in the truth of this illusory existence, then we are subject to all of the pain that the world delivers. Because we believe in it. Now, that's a very straightforward statement. You're subject to the pain of the world because you believe in it. So, all of our senses tell us it's real. Everything that we see tells us it's real. Everything that we hear tells us it's real. Everything we touch tells us it's real. And then this uh, man in a turban comes along and says, it's not real. Just because you can touch it and feel it and see it and smell it and taste it, it's not real. Well, concepts are then brought in. How is it not real? And how do you understand its lack of reality? What is it that you have to do? And if you listen closely to the explanations, and if you pay attention, you learn that the reason that you get pain from the world is because you are somehow attached to it. You are somehow so involved in it that the happenstances of the world have a direct effect on you. You haven't been able to make the disconnect between yourself and illusion. Illusion is considered real by your mind. And until it's not considered real by your mind, you will continue to go through the ups and downs of what illusion brings you. The word attachment is a very powerful word. It's very difficult to understand the extent of the attachment that we're involved in and the extent of the work that it takes to relieve ourselves from this attachment. Imagine a rod is cast and a fish gets hooked. Now, the fish is then subject to the guy with the rod. As he lets, as he pulls in the string, the fish comes towards him. As he lets go of the 
the, the, the line, the fish goes away. And he can play with that fish all day long, back and forth. And that's what illusion does with us. It hooks us somewhere, somehow. And it hooks everybody differently. Some people get hooked by the need for power. Some people get hooked by the need for wealth. Some people get hooked by the need for fame. I know people that if I tell them they're great and pat them on the back, they'll do anything I want. They just need to hear that. And and to hear that, they will do whatever you want, as long as they're sure you're going to pat them on the back and tell them they're great again tomorrow. We need to know how illusion manipulates us. We need to know how Satan manipulates us. We need to know how we are manipulated. And we are manipulated by wealth, by fame, by power, by praise, by blame, by so many aspects of the world, we are manipulated. And what happens while we're manipulated? We react. And we react to the manipulation. If somebody says to us, uh, you're doing things inappropriately. You're really not a good person. You may think you are, but you're not. We think, why that son of a... Who is he to talk to me like that? Well, think about this. Why do they do it? Well, there's a thousand different reasons why they do it. But have you ever thought that about somebody? And have you ever said that to somebody? And have you ever caused that reaction in somebody? All of the things that we have thrown at us, we have thrown at somebody before. It's all this gigantic wheel of attachment that brings reactions from us. Positive, negative, indifferent, but constant reactions. We are robotic in our reactions to the triggers that set us off. Chiropractors know that there are trigger points in your body. If you push one part, another part's going to react. Well, there are trigger points in our mind. If somebody says something to you in a certain way, you're going to react. It's automatic. And the ones who know this are great at manipulating people. Advertising agencies are very well aware of the triggers in the human mind and the things that make you react. We need, if we're going to get over the suffering in this world, understand how not to react. Now, this is easy to say, and I can say that over and over and over, and so can each of us. You have to learn how not to react. You have to learn how not to react. Well, when you're being squeezed by a vice, or at least you feel like you're being squeezed by a vice, it's hard not to scream. So, in the midst of screaming, in the midst of being squeezed, you have to learn not to react. Well, we should know 
that this learning not to react is not an easy thing. That this learning to overcome all of the triggers that make us lose our coherence, our path, our truth, our way, are not easy to overcome. In Arabic, this work is called jihad. It's the holy war. It's the actual war that we go through for the release of our soul, for the release of our heart, for the release of our being bound and tumbled by the world. Illusion is like a hurricane that's constantly blowing, that's in our face all the time, that's in our ears all the time, that never stops unless we have somehow detached. And in Sufism, the word we use for this detachment is surrender. We surrender. Islam means surrender. Surrender to what? Surrender to the truth as opposed to maya, illusion. Giving up illusion for the truth and coming to the understanding that all of the things that are thrown at us in the world are of no consequence to the reality of our existence. The reality of our existence is our soul. And our soul is not affected by all of this illusion that goes on around us unless our mind is attached to it and allows us to be affected by it. So if we can detach our mind from all of the chaotic noise that goes on around us, we can then move through the world in a very easy way. But we have been taught how to move through the world by people who don't know how to move through the world. We've been taught how to move through the world by people who are tied to illusion and who take the the things that we see in illusion as real and tell you that you sometimes have to conquer them. They tell you you have to be educated in a certain way. You have to have degrees in a certain way. You have to go to certain schools. You have to have certain status. You have to have certain titles. You have to have certain wealth. You have to have certain fame. You have to be able to do things. And people talk about these things as if they had real importance because we've lost sight of hak reality. We've lost sight of truth. So we've replaced what we don't understand with what we've been told and what is seems to be plainly in front of our eyes. Nobody can hurt you, even if they kill you. 
they can't hurt you. The cycle of life and death is part of life. Those who die are part of the cycle. We are born and we have rings around our neck which indicate our death is imminent. No one knows how imminent, but it's going to happen. And we're afraid of this death. Yet Rumi and men like Rumi say that dying is no different than changing a shirt. Someone came to Baal Mahayadin one time and said he was afraid of dying. And Baal said, it's not so bad, I've done it many times. <laughs> we need to understand that fear is not to be part of our makeup. And that if fear is part of our makeup, it's one of the major triggers that pushes us in different directions and makes us do things that we don't want to do. It makes us get into sorrow. It makes us get into despair. It makes us have difficulty. But if there's nothing that we're afraid of, then what is there that's going to harm us? We need to somehow get to that state. And we have to be able to act in the world. We're placed here, and we have things to do. What makes it difficult for us is that we are self-motivated. It's a little backwards. We are motivated by self-interest in the things that we do. We can't do things just for the sake of doing them. God created the world out of love. And he never stops acting within the world. Creation never stops. If Allah were to pull away from the world for a second, what would happen to the world? Well, we act in our life. Are we capable of doing our job, our work, whatever it is that we do, without looking for gratification from what we do and without expectations? That doesn't mean <coughs> that we shouldn't have plans, but the outcome is not what's important. The work is what's important. The effort is what's important. So we need to be able to move through this world with effort, and again, that word, unattached to results, unattached to outcome. Unattached to promotions, unattached to higher salaries, unattached to so many of the things that we're attached to that give us so much difficulty. The half glass and the full glass. What do we see? What is it that makes us move in certain directions? And what is it that makes us choose to be villainous as opposed to holy? What makes us choose to react to other people, to denigrate other people, to mistreat other people 
as opposed to transcend and become a helper in this world. God is the great helper. If we want to truly understand existence and become immortal, we have to join with the forces that help existence. We have to join with the forces that help life. We have to join with love to increase love because it's the great salve that heals the world. We need to be in a state of kindness and love and surrender constantly. Now, you come to somebody and you are lovely towards them and they spit at you. Do you stab them? Or do you wipe your face and walk away? These are difficult things. And these are things in reality. Julius Caesar, when he was stabbed by Brutus, said, and you too? And I don't know what Brutus said, but he probably said something like, I did it for your own good. And this is the way who people, well, that people who don't know act. People believe, who don't know, that their will is paramount in this world. And that their will is beyond reproach. And that their ideas are pure and clean. And if they have to kill a million people to prove it, they're happy to do it. And that's what goes on in this world. We have to separate ourselves from that kind of fanaticism. We have to separate ourselves from that kind of ego. We have to become small. Bawa called himself the Ant-Man. The smallest, most discarded of creatures in this world. Well, what happens when you're small and can't be seen? Nobody cares about you. And nobody comes at you. And you can escape from all of that wrath that the world has to offer. We need to become whole within ourselves. We can't rely on others as our buttresses. We can't rely on others' opinions as to determining who we are. We have to discover who we are by ourselves. Now, many people, not many, some people, run away to monasteries so they don't have to suffer all of the indignities that they believe the world throws at them. But then when they get to the monastery, they find that these indignities are there also. And they have to go through a training to learn how to withstand them, even within the cloistered walls of a monastery. Well, we're in the world, and we have to learn to reside in the world. And we have to learn to protect ourselves and to detach ourselves. 
the protection comes through detaching. The protection comes through not being involved. The protection comes through allowing Maya to do what it does, but seeing through it and coming out into God's qualities as opposed to staying within the qualities of illusion. God's qualities are our protection. And we need to center ourselves deep inside of ourselves to find our truth. If you truly know yourself, you will know your Lord. But how do you get to know yourself when all of your waking time is spent in interaction with what's outside of yourself? You can't find out what's inside of yourself when your life is spent outside of yourself. So there has to come a point of introspection, a point where we turn from the outside world into ourselves, where we turn from our mind to our heart, where we turn from that which interacts with the world on a constant basis and doesn't stop to that part of us which loves and is kind and is giving. And we have to learn a methodology to do that. And in most cultures, they have a name for it. Meditation. Some call it zikr. Some call it different kinds of understandings. But mostly, it has to do with removing yourself from the world for a portion of the day, becoming still and becoming focused and centered and being rid of the machinations and the constant ongoing turbulence and chaos of the mind, finding a still place within yourself. So we have to make a part of our practice if we're going to escape from this illusion. We have to find that quiet place inside of ourselves. And if we can do it for a little while, soon we can do it for a longer while. And hopefully, inshallah, we can do it as we walk through the world, asleep, awake, sitting still, in whatever mode we are in. But we have to begin And we have to become conscious that we need to do this. And then we have to become conscious that we have to suppress all of the parts inside of ourselves that don't agree with this mode of action. Because they're constantly going to spring up. We have a whole group of animals living within us that want to do the animal things that animals do. And they want to be at the forefront of our consciousness. We have a bear inside of us that wants to growl all the time. We have an elephant inside of us that wants to step on things all the time. We have a fox inside of us that wants to sneak around and get away with things all the time.
but we need to be able to suppress them and not be involved with them and not succumb to the glitters that they tell us that we can get if we go along with them. We have to see the lie that is thrown at us by that part of existence. We have to see the lies that are in illusion, and we have to drift away from them and go towards the truth. Yarachman Yarahim, Yarachman Yarahim, Yarachman Yarahim, Yarachman Yarahim, Yarachman Yarahim. And then after you do it a thousand times, you do it a thousand more. Until it resonates and becomes the overriding principle of your existence. May this path become our path. May this way become our way. May the truth be where we go and where we reside. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbi Lalameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh.